You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. As Janoris Jenkins made the catch, he stayed in bounds for the interception. Wow. What a play. Wow. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, and, uh, all right. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the birthday boy. Oh, thank you, Grump. Uh, <laughs> I know you're a little tongue-tied about this, but... Yeah. Uh, Got all caught up in the moment. I'm sorry. Yeah, geez. Finally back in the NYC after my uh, my three-week tour of America and watching all my teams lose. So, a brutal weekend for the uh, the fan in me, but a great time in New Orleans as always. So, if you've never been to... The Big Easy, I highly recommend it. So glad we got our giant loss out of the way on Thursday so we can enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, that is kind of true. I, you know, it doesn't seem to sting as much when you get to see the, the fallout of a a Sunday where everything else kind of fell in the Giants' favor, which you know we'll mention for a little bit. But you know, this show is just Giants, so. Yeah. Um, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at football underscore grump. You can find the show at Just Giants Pod and on every app you can imagine SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. And you can catch me, as always, at the Cranky Fan on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, speaking of, of Twitter, uh, this is probably my most active. Um, Game that I've watched because this is the first game that I did not attend. Um, and therefore, Ooh. I was sitting right at my computer with Twitter on my left screen and the game on my right screen. And uh, yeah. And to, to set the scene where I was, I was right on Bourbon Street. TV on the left, watching my Rays go down and defeat in Game 5. TV on my right, Giants Patriots, half the bar Patriot fans, half the bar Astro fans. And me sitting there and vibing in the great libations that the Big Easy has to offer. So I was kind of prepared for both. So no fights, no tears. Just accept it and move on. Yeah. um, You know, when we look back at our predictions, it's not quite as bad as we thought when you look at the score. But in terms of what we saw on the field was way better than what we were expecting. Um, would you not agree? This game ended 35-14 New England, but uh, the, the final 14 points for New England happening in the fourth quarter there. I, I think what the Giants try to do is dirty the game and make it ugly, and they did. I, you know, I never did think for one millisecond we were going to win this game as it was going on. Um, you know, I, I give I give Daniel Jones credit. I mean, this is going to be part of his maturation process is having to play a really good team like this. And I know now a lot of the uh, the talking heads are a little down on him, but these are the type of games he has to play on to grow. And yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. he's he's going to take his lumps. I mean, let's face it, the Patriots are probably one of the two best teams in the league right now. And uh, you know, with three days to prepare, really two on the field. Yeah, this is this is this is exactly what we kind of expected. Uh, you know, little things are going to beat you, like you know, the the, the block punt or whatever the punt in, into the back of the guy, and it's just kind of things you can't make those type of mistakes to beat a team like this. But 
you know, at the end of the day, I really thought there was zero chance and kind of was one of those didn't even let false hope even get into my pores for this one. I'll admit that the the time in which I thought the Giants really were going to make it happen was the beginning of the third quarter, starting with the ball. Um, you know, we're kind of kind of go through, I guess, my stars and farts as we uh, as we just talk about this game in general. But um, as the Giants were putting up points, and, and the and the score was tight, a twenty one fourteen lead for New England. Um, at the start of the third quarter, the Giants started with the ball. And for the first time that night, despite the points on the board, the offense was moving. Uh, the, my, my main reason for being excited beforehand was simply because the score was close. But at no point was the Giants' offense looking like anything dangerous. Uh, you know, big, big play for the touchdown, sure, but otherwise did not look very good. But finally, at the beginning of the third quarter... They were marching down the field before it all got blown to shit. But it was at that moment that I thought there was actually a chance because my big star for the week is the entire Giants defense. You know, while they weren't the ones on the end missing all of the pieces to injury, I still thought that, you know, stopping Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, you know, stopping them was going to be a problem. The secondary has not looked very good this season, you know, they've looked at their best against more inept quarterbacks or franchises, you know, teams in disarray like Washington. They finally showed up, but this is a whole different animal on a short week in a, in a hostile territory with, you know, a great offensive mind. I mean, Tom Brady himself could be an offensive coordinator, uh, but he's still got the likes of Josh McDaniels at his side. But the entire defense held the Pats offense to just 14 points in the opening half, despite being on the field for such a length of time. You know, they forced a turnover on downs, an interception, and a strip sack fumble TD in the first half only. Mm-hmm. It, this game broke down, and you can lazily look at the score and say the Giants defense didn't play well, and you will not have watched the game because it took until the fourth quarter of being on the field for I, – I don't know what the time of possession stat is, but it's probably close to 40 minutes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't – you know, i definitely come away with, with that saying, you know, look at the score or something. Um, and again, they may have taken a little bit of advantage of the short week, and it's very possible that you know the preparation by New England may not have been as – Intense if they would have been playing, you know, uh, you know, the 49ers or something this week. So, you know, it, it, all the disadvantages the Giants had coming into this, maybe they took advantage of some of those things as well on the other side. I, I just looked at the time of possession stat and it was 39 minutes and 36 seconds. So I was right on the money. Um, so, you know, despite being on the field for 40 minutes, you know, they, they managed to hold the points off the board for the most part. I mean, and you look at it, 14 of those points were not scored on offense. That's so right. Wipe that down, and it's still 21 points that the Patriots put up on the defense. That's not nearly as much as I expected. Not nearly. Well, one thing we did expect, Grump, we did talk about this on last week's show. We did expect the late, I don't know if it was called a bomb, but definitely when the game was in hand, a deep pass that was thrown for their last touchdown. You're right. That we, did, we did predict that. Yeah. Right. Up, yeah. That the run up the score. Kind yeah. Of yeah. So that was something where you know again that makes the score seem a little more lopsided than it actually was. Um, but we we did predict something like that would happen. And quite frankly, in that situation, those are the things you need to do to put the game out of hand for us. You know, 
Um, you know, I, I guess I'm going to flip-flop this right back to a fart. I'm just going to kind of go <laughs> back and forth. And uh, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Daniel Jones, I'm giving a fart. Um, I would, I will 100% could see that he was given an impossible task this week. And uh, he, he managed a play or two when it when it was needed, but he didn't look good in his failure. You know, there, there's a way of failing but not looking terrible when you do it. He looked bad. Um, you know, he went 15 of 31 with three picks. That's bad. Um, the three picks, all of them were bad, and all of them were on him. A high throw over the middle that got popped up into the air. Uh, one where his arm got hit, sure, you don't have to blame him, but he held the ball for a good six seconds before what was essentially a throwaway anyway. He wasn't throwing to an open receiver. Um, allowed himself to get hit. He needs to help himself. And then the last one, which was the drive killer on that third quarter drive that was finally looking promising, just simply did not see the corner at all and threw it right at him. Um, you know, he did not look good. And my biggest thing is, he has the, the the mobility to be very good in the pocket, to sustain drives, to move and keep his eyes downfield, and he does that, but he needs to get better at it because what I'm seeing too often is when pressure comes up the middle, instead of rolling out to his right or left, he starts drifting backwards. He's only making it harder on himself. He is trying to look down the field and, and make throws, and that's what he's doing, but those throws are, you know, now you're looking at what would be a 20-yard throw being a 27-yard throw is enough time for any NFL corner to close in on an open receiver. I'm not going to give him a fart because I don't think he's eligible for farts this year. Now see, that's what I want to avoid. I don't want to coddle him. Yeah, I, but that's not coddling. I think, you know, if you want to give him a fart, maybe it's just a little silent one that slips out maybe when you're at church and no one knows it or something. But I can't go out. I mean, we are still – is that is third start? Uh, fourth start? Fourth third start. start? Fourth start. Fourth start. I mean, we it, it, it's not – we're not forgiving him for this, but we're also not laying blame on him for this. I think uh, – I still think this game is, you know – the NFL is going very fast for him right now. And I think this is the first real adversity he's really had since he became the starter. Um, would we accept this a year from now or two years from now? No. But to blame on him as, as a fart, this is what we signed up for when we said he's going to be the starting quarterback this year. This is what my fear was saying, I don't want him playing until he is ready. These are things that you probably just have to go through, whether he's been prepping for an off season, a full season, three years, who knows. But I think you, before we ready to start giving farts for him, not quite yet. You know, I, I, I'm not laying blame on him as if, you know, he, but he, in this situation, he just needed to play better. I didn't expect him to come away with the win, but there are going to be times when, when a team is injured and he needs to play much better in order to prevent a loss. Um, and I do think that this game, like I was saying on that third quarter drive, was within reach and he failed the team. Now, is this expected? Is this expected? Yes. It, it, that doesn't make it okay just because we expect these things from a rookie. He does have to grow from this. You know, It's the first time we've given him a fart, but he didn't play well. He didn't play well. He needed to play cleaner, and he didn't. 
you know, I, I understand. I, I get it. He's he's a rookie in a hostile territory on a short week. His weapons are entirely stripped from the roster, but he needed to be less careless with the ball, and he wasn't that. Yeah, I mean, that's all true. But again, I think the, the severity of the harshness is applied when he's repeatedly making these mistakes over and over again. And I still think it's way, way too far in the beginning of this to start saying, well, he's just not getting it or well, that, but that's see, on him. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not going to say he's not getting it because this, no, 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 is, that, this is all that, part of a learning process. That, that's when I apply a fart to him. It's like, okay. okay, this is the third week in a row now when, you know, when the pressure goes on, he's, you know, holding the ball too long or he's not seeing, you know, a safety drifting over with the pick or not feeling the heat from his blind side. Well, then you start. I mean, now, now we're talking. You know, farts on a, on a game-by-game basis is just simply who didn't perform or who performed in a way that, that caused, you know, bad things to happen, whether it be a loss or a potential for a loss. And he was certainly that. But we're all given honorable mention is Pat Shermer and the coaching staff. At no point did they look to put Eli Manning in, which would strip this kid of his confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they kept him upbeat and ready and throwing the ball. They didn't change the game plan because he wasn't playing well, which I also applaud. If you have a game plan, stick to the game plan. Whether you know, not not that whether it's working or not, but I mean, when you have a rookie quarterback, you just you stick with the plan. You know what I mean? It's it's not this isn't you know the playoffs or we're not fighting for a playoff spot in week sixteen, week seventeen where you gotta adjust on the fly. This is a different scenario, and I'm glad that they stuck with everything that they stuck with in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, we are very very critical of Pat Schirmer on this show. We you know. We have questioned openly his judgment, his decision-making, play-calling, things like that. But I, you're right. I think you know. I said it a hundred times in the show. You can't be half pregnant. You know, you go with Daniel Jones. You're with Daniel Jones, and he's going to play. And you run your offense through Daniel Jones. So, um, one of our good fans of the show, uh, Romo Cop seventy four, love you out there. He was looking forward. You know, he heard a lot of criticism about the coaching staff about this, where. You know, this is all in the coaching staff while we lost this game. We want to know what we thought. And to me, this is not the time or place to worry about the coaches in a game like this. I mean, again, this is a roster what it is what it is. And to keep it even competitive for as long as we did, I think, says something to the preparation of this team for this game. Yeah, I would with agree all, with that. Yeah. With, I mean, with all the injuries and with all the, you know, the obvious roster deficiencies just to start an optimal situation. There are individual things you can point out about, you know, the play calling when you're down by so many points, etc. But it, it, it's irrelevant. It, I mean, yeah, at that point, in the grand scheme of it, who cares? I mean, well, we'll get to that when it actually loses us the game. But this game was lost before that point. Yeah. Um, I guess my my take on this grump was I just went into this game with my brain so predisposed that this was a loss, and it was almost like kind of a weird way to me, almost like a scrimmage, like go out there, go out there, get your reps against a really good team, you know, and and see what you can and can't really do. And, you know, I I guess going into that mindset, I'm not going to be as overly critical. Like I wouldn't get like this fart situation with, with Jones. Like it never crossed my mind once that yes, he played poorly, but you know, to apply a fart for him for something like that. So I can understand why, again, the frustration when no one likes to lose, no one likes to be in a situation where 
it's a mirror shown at you, like, look how good the Patriots are and look how far away we are. You know, but that's kind of reality. And uh, well, I think you know, of anything that that sh- that mirror showed just how how close we are. You know, this is a team that played without, you know, arguably its best receiver. It's definitely its best tight end and arguably the best running back in the entire league. And they hung in there. You know, sure. that, that, that third quarter drive that could have tied the game was all done without that. Now, granted, that offense looked like shit the entire game. Um, huh. New England's a great defense, too. But, 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 not- but that's the point. You know, yeah. th- not only does New England have a great defense, but the Giants defense stepped up and did their part. You know, mm-hmm. you pair you pair a, a, a good defense that was playing well with the offense that's got its missing pieces. And maybe the offense doesn't look like such horse shit. You know what I mean? Maybe Bar- there, there were definitely a couple of plays where uh, John Hilleman, ho, who I am going to get to, um, had a <laughs> running lane that was definitely a Saquon Barkley touchdown or sixty-yard run. You know, well, it's um, tough to it's tough to compare a practice squad guy and not even a good one at that with one of the best running backs in the league. Of course, but it, it just goes to show what that does, what how that changes the entire face of the Giants' offense. Sure. It, Getting back to the coaching staff for one second, I think the one thing that I will give a star to is this team was in it for almost 60 minutes, and they competed and they fought. This is not a team that is given up by any stretch on this coaching staff. Yeah, that's true. And and you know something? You may laugh at me and go, ha ha, but you know, we are now a year and a half into the Shermer era, and the record's awful, you know. You could playing a team a game like this where we, we all as fans and everybody have just quickly wrote it off as a thirty point loss, and they did not play like it was going to be a thirty point loss. So, in, in one way, I will give the coaching staff and the team a bit of a star in actually competing and trying. You know, it's just they're not going to beat the Patriots in these situations, but we didn't see a team roll over and play dead like a lot of teams we've seen in the NFL this year. Yeah, that that that's incredibly true. Um, you know, the, the defense in particular played really lights out, especially for the first three quarters. You know, before they got totally gassed. But again, I'm going to say it again: another star for Marcus Golden. You know, he continues to be the most consistent rusher on the team, and and as other guys from week to week and game to game step up and have their spotlight, like Lorenzo Carter had a good game, Alec Ogletree had a great game. Um, He's been that steady guy, and it just shows how little it takes to turn a woeful defense into a contender. Just that one steady guy always giving the pass rush. You know, in this game, Lorenzo Carter gets the strip sack, but it's Marcus Golden that picks it up and takes it for the touchdown. You know, I've already given the entire defense a star, but Golden gets his own star. You know, Lorenzo Carter gets just as much of a star as part of his the entire defense. But again, Golden being consistent, you know, that was that seems to be the missing piece for this defense has been a pass rusher that's been consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. From, you know, we go back to the beginning of the season, like there's no pass rush on this team to now you're starting to see, you know, the green shoots of a pass rush and a consistent one at that too. Something that people have to start to accounting for. And detractors can say that the New England offensive line is probably the worst line that they've had in a couple years, and Washington's offensive line isn't great, and Minnesota's offensive line has been a little bit not not playing up to what their the standard should be for that group of guys. 
Um, but that's what good defenses do. They perform against lines that they're supposed to perform against. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they don't put up, you know, I mean, it was 21, seven points, seven points uh, in three quarters for New England's offense. That They don't do that against, what am I trying to say here? Like, when, when against play, purely bad team, bad defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you play against a good offense, whether it's an offensive line or an offense in general, you know, that's that's what you've got to do, and that's what they did. So, you know, you can you can detract all you want from it, but the fact remains is that they're performing when they need to perform. The same can't be said about special teams, who I'm not sure if I'm going to give a, a fart to, but definitely a dishonorable mention. They, they, they really didn't play poorly in this game, but their first fuck-up of the year was a big one in a spot that it just couldn't happen in. That, that to me, is a fart. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's, that, that's that's that's, that's arguable. Yeah, I'll let that. That's one, yeah. instant fart. I mean, you know, it's kind of a very very low bar for what a fart is on special teams, where you don't pay attention to it. It's probably a star, but when you is obvious something like that, that's a fart, and that to me is a fart. He's yeah, first. I mean, the reason I wasn't giving it a fart is because every other special teams play of the night was was good to fine, uh, but. You're right. That one is so bad that it it just can't happen. In that scenario, getting a punt blocked when you're inside your own 20 returned for a touchdown is just – it just can't happen. The last thing you want to do is to give a team like New England free points and that's what they did. Yeah. Um, It it, it just – and I believe Nate Stupar who was guilty – the guilty party on getting pushed back into the punter's kicking lane – has been officially cut. <laughs> he right. is no longer a New York Giant. He was cut today. I mean, there is there is still a chance that he floats back, but uh, you know, believe you me that that film played in the uh, special teams film room, absolutely, probably seventeen to twenty times in front of them, and they broke it down each time on where the failures were. Um, we had a, we had a bunch of roster moves since the last time we've chatted. Yeah, yeah, Alex Tanney was cut. Don't get your hopes up um, because I still think he's coming back. I mean, these are these are all moves that kind of need to be done as they get guys back from injury. You know, they've, they've had to make moves to account for the injury. Now that the, these guys are all coming back from injury, you know, and we'll, we'll get to this on our, our prep yeah. episode later this week, but Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, and Sterling Shepard all appear to be coming back this week. We've already had Tay Davis and uh, Alec Ogletree come back from their injuries. We're really just waiting on Wayne Gallman right now. So, you know, these kind of moves need to happen. They're all sort of uh, cleaning up. Well, the uh, Benny Fowler coming back, that's that's a, a pretty interesting move because that means that uh, Sterling Shepard might be gone for quite a while with the concussion problems. I'm not really sure what it means um, because he has returned to practice, which means he's cleared to play. It may just be a team decision with team doctors on what they're willing to let Sterling Shepard do. And it might be one of those things where they let him play in spurts. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, ease him back into the game or, or something. You know, I have no idea. But, you know, yeah, Benny Fowler seems like an insurance kind of signing. Yeah. You know, my next my next fart was certainly cut, wasn't he? John Hilleman. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, he gets a fart, but again, is it really his fault? He's yes. in a position he shouldn't be in. <laughs> yes, I'm not giving him a fart for his performance, which was ghastly. I'm giving yeah. him a fart because, again, the fumble that was returned for a touchdown was the nail in the coffin. At this yes. point, it was it was still just 21-14, and you know, I I know that he's not an NFL back. He's a he's a practice squad at best back. And that play design really put him in a spot where he can't, you know, do a whole lot. You know, it was like a throwback screen that the Patriots mm-hmm. read entirely. But hold on to the fucking ball, okay? You know, his last week was too leash enough. Um, you know, it just it just can't happen. If if he if he doesn't catch the pass and it's an incomplete pass, that's a better win than anything else that could have happened was a better win than what happened. Uh, you know. To, to say all you have to do is not let go of the ball is such a low bar for an NFL player, and he didn't do it. Um, and really, at that point, like I said, the Patriots' offense might have been moving the ball, but they were not scoring points. And, right. And that one, just, you know, you put the points on the board, the offense goes up, and they fucking three and out again after that, and the defense is back out on the field. Now they're down two scores, and it, the, the game is just out of reach. It's just out of reach at that point. And, and with that said, you know, he's gone. <laughs> Don't be surprised if he comes back on the practice squad. I think he might already have. Um, but, you know, I don't really expect him back on the active roster this year. You know, maybe there's something there that they feel they can work with, you know, a series or two that he can jump in. But I, I don't think anything I've seen shows me that he can handle more than that, a, a series in a needed situation. Yeah, all I got to say about Hillman is, you know, we gambled with having only a couple of running backs on the roster, and unfortunately, guys got hurt ahead of him, and that's the price you pay for having to bring up a practice squad guy, you know, but everybody will be healthy soon enough, and we'll move on with their lives. Like, I, it's, not a, it's not an organizational problem. It's not something we're firing Gettleman over. It's just unfortunate that guys ahead of him got hurt, so I'm not going to blame this on him personally. Yeah, you know what? That actually perfectly underlines my point. You know, I know a lot of guys want to criticize Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, whomever, for letting it get to this point. But again, Hilleman's not getting the fart from me for his dismal performance. Yeah. He gets it for not being able to hold on to the fucking ball. That's anybody, it. Yeah, anybody who's dripping on Gettleman right now because of that, they have a stick up their ass for Gettleman for two-plus years now. That's not something where if you have either an agnostic view – or your pro Gettleman is going to even think about if you just don't like the guy and you didn't like the hire and you don't like some of the moves, you know, that's something you're going to be like, Oh yeah, well, why are we down to our, you know, third running back? Well, look at the rosters of most NFL teams. And you tell me how many guys are down to the third and fourth running backs. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. It's just the, the, the injury bug hit. You have to deal with it. Yeah. And, and again, maybe they didn't deal with it in the perfect way, but it, it comes down to one thing. If Hillman holds on to the ball, I don't give him a fart. He just simply doesn't play well. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, and, the, and the last part of my point about that is time and place. This is a team that's fighting for the playoffs and is a, an established roster. Oh, maybe yeah. They do, maybe they do go out and get somebody for three weeks and not fuck up a potential playoff spot. But when, you know, this team isn't making the playoffs, they are not going to, you know, trade a draft pick for someone who's going to be around for three weeks or, you know, do anything to to potentially damage the salary cap or something. So 
you know, it, I, I, it's one of those high visibility things, and it backfires when a fumble like this happens. But it's it's like a wildfire that's been contained. It's like, okay, he's gone. The other guys are coming back. Move on. The only other guy I really have to single out uh, is Golden Tate. He gets a, a pretty minor star. I mean, he wasn't outstanding, but I, I don't think I can say enough about you know the concentration he had on his his the only offensive score of the night um, on a fingertip t- catch. You know, mm-hmm. it, it takes plays like that against a good team to make it happen, and you know that was an outstanding throw by Daniel Jones. It was great coverage by the corner. And it was just an even better catch and run by Golden Tate, you know? And uh, it's exactly what the team needed. We paid a lot of money for a number one receiver. Yeah. And that's what a number one receiver is supposed to do. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't pay a lot of money for a guy who catches the occasional pass and oh, drops one here and there. His job is to make very difficult plays as well as consistently catch balls when he's supposed to. And that was an example of him making an outstanding play. And and we'll hopefully get to see him in an offense that also sports receiving options such as Shepard, Barkley, and uh, Engram. You know, yeah. Darius Slayton is certainly emerging but is still just a, a rookie. And that's another thing with the whole Daniel Jones situation is that give him his full assortment of weapons. I mean it's hard enough learning on the fly, hard enough playing against the best team in football. You don't have all your uh, chess pieces out there. It's very hard to, to do anything. I mean, you know, my overall feeling leaving this game was encouraged. You know, we said on the last episode that this is this is a loss. It's probably a loss by a lot. We're looking for little things. I'm looking for a drive from Daniel Jones, a couple of good throws, you know, him making the right moves, reading the defense correctly. I'm looking for the defense to do the – holy shit, the defense blew my expectations out of the water, okay? Outstanding performance all around by them. I never – if you told me New England's time of possession was going to be 40 minutes, I was going to say there might be five good plays by the defense in that whole time. They're just going to get chewed up and spit out, and that's not what happened at all. I mean, sure, there were drives that moved the chains, but the Giants buckled down when they needed to. Even on the opening drive, a turnover on downs. Um, Let me know. ask you something. Yeah, yeah. What do, you, what do you think about Tom Brady right now? He did not look like Tom Brady in that game. You know, allegedly the wind was was something to something to note in all of his throws, and certainly his interception was about five yards off the mark. Whether that was miscommunication, an awful throw, or the wind, I, I couldn't tell you because I'm not him. I wasn't there, but that game in particular did not look like Tom Brady throwing the ball, did it? That kind of, that kind of seemed. My point is that that kind of some of the little undercurrent about him this year is he's not quite have the Tom Brady-ness he's had in the past. Like you'll never hear it from, you know, an ass kiss or like a, a uh, uh, an Aikman or someone like that. But I was just curious what your take was of seeing like compared to Brady from two years ago or three years ago, if you've noticed any noticeable decline in his play. Uh, physically, no. Um, but I will hesitate anyone to have early takes on him because the Patriots as a unit always seem to just figure it out around week seven or eight and then just be an unstoppable machine. But I mean, I mean, they, they, they might win games. They might lose games in the beginning of the year, but they, 
I feel like we have this conversation in the beginning four weeks every year for the last five years is like, is this Tom Brady's last year? And then they become this juggernaut at the end of the year. So uh, he certainly didn't look like himself in this game, but there were definitely other factors at play according to everybody who was there. So, And during that figure out time, by the way, they're 5-0. and Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this Great. is probably the best defense he's had in a long time, though. This team will ultimately win with defense. Yeah. But overall, I walk away from that loss, disappointing though it may be, farts be damned. Uh, I, I thought that what I was looking for I found in that game and, and in certain instances and then some. So I I, I I was walked into work with my head held high on Friday as if I had done something. <laughs> I honestly just walked out of that game a drunk, but also just kind of like, okay, almost feeling like I said, like almost like I watched a preseason game. Kind of, yeah. Like, I, you know, it's almost like the result of this game doesn't matter. Make sure nobody gets hurt. I don't want to see anything. It's just like shockingly concerning going forward. And I didn't see any of those things. So the game was over. I just kind of went, all right, that, that's that. You know, what's next week, Arizona? Okay. Yeah, and and just briefly, had the Giants managed to pull an upset out of their fucking ass, um, (laughs) this weekend couldn't have fallen better for them as the Eagles uh, toppled to... Minnesota. Minnesota. uh, And in a fashion where they were getting completely outclassed for three quarters and clawed their way into a respectable score. Um, And and on the flip side, Dallas got completely outclassed. Yeah. Yeah. By the New York Jets. Yeah. and they looked completely outclassed. And though they managed to scratch and claw their way to a two-point conversion away from tying that game, uh, the demeanor on the field by the players – and I'm sure you've seen the video. I'm sure those of you who are listening have mm-hmm. seen the video of the players walking off the field and Jason Garrett kind of clapping and trying to get them to you know, keep their head in the game. And not one of them even looks them in the eye. They don't care. They are, they are gassed, overwhelmed, and don't. Just don't fucking care. What did I say about 15 minutes ago how it still feels like this team is playing for this coaching staff? Well, that looks like – and but it happens almost every single year that this team looks checked out on on Garrett. Um, I don't know what kind of pictures he has of Jerry Jones, but the guy is like a Teflon coach. And I've said this all along that you know if you have a Ferrari, you shouldn't have an Uber driver driving it. The team has talent. You know, we we can we can have an hour long show debating about Dak Prescott's going to be worth the thirty million dollars he's going to want to get. He's not. He's still a. He's, well, that's another show, but he's still a decent quarterback in this league. Correct. There is talent. There is talent all over this team. There is absolutely no excuse for that performance they put on yesterday. None whatsoever. Against the Jets. Yeah. None. No. That comes down to coaching. Yeah, I agree. Getting your getting your team. Mentally prepared to play a game. I mean, I wasn't there. I'm guessing, you know, we've been to a lot of giant cowboy games where the, uh, you know, the subway cowboy fan showed up in a big attendance. Can you imagine how many cowboy fans were there yesterday? I, I bet mean, you, you could hear it. You can hear it on the broadcast. Yeah. You, you could hear it as soon as Amari Cooper catches a three yard out route and you hear 50% of the crowd shout, Coop. Yeah. So having almost every benefit. And to lay an egg like that, I don't care what the final score was. Never should be in that position to begin with. 
that's uh you know we beat arizona and i don't want to play this game but i'll, I'll placate you people out there you beat Arizona next week, and you're right in there for the division lead again. Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be said because that is one of the th- the players play for that. They 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 play for money and and whatever, but they don't want to go out there and get outclassed every week. They want to be special. They want to be good because they are good and they are special. Jobs are on the line every single week. But it's not just that. I mean, players, these players play for reputation as well. No, I'm, I'm talking about players, coaches, yeah. everybody. Maybe like oh, when you say, oh, why don't you just tank? No. Coaches coach to win. Players play to win. Yeah, they're playing for this, their next salary, but you know, they ain't getting that next salary unless they're playing to win and giving maximum effort. And you know something? The, the fastest way for this rebuild to accelerate is having the mindset that this team is headed in the right direction. And as we kind of get into mid-October, and we're not talking about, you know, tanking or draft picks or Tua or, you know, anything next year, you're going to come out to practice on a Tuesday and uh, your tape's going to be typed a little tighter and you're going to run that extra sprint a little faster. Mm-hmm. That just helps it, you and the team get better quicker. And with that, we will have our our regularly scheduled um preview episode up Friday morning where we will go over the upcoming matchup with the Arizona Cardinals a 1 o'clock game on Sunday which we will both be in attendance for I believe yes we're together again finally no more more road trips for me I am back yeah and then this this is me packing my briefcase for the uh, for the winter as I'm not flying anywhere I was I was thinking about Chicago but it's just (laughs) not in the uh, funds for me I don't think (laughs) <laughs> that, that Thanksgiving-ish time plane is just not going to happen. Well, Grump, I have a great idea. Yeah. Every one of you people listening to this show, tell five more of your giant friends. Have them tell five more people. Put it on social media. Download the show. Give us a five-star review, a rating. Maybe a sponsor out there might actually sponsor this program. And let's get the Grump to Chicago. <laughs> there is some deep, a campaign for it. There's yeah, hashtag yeah. <laughs> grump, get the grump to Chicago. Let's get him some deep dish pizza. Let's get him some you know whatever it is they do in Chicago. Old style beer. Steak, I'm sure. Oh, happy cr- Hey, know something? Let's start a new hashtag get the cranky fan to Chicago too. <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, we really appreciate everybody who reaches out to us during the week and stuff, but uh you know, keep the Keep the uh, the tweets coming and the emails and everything, and uh, you know follow us on all of your favorite uh, platforms for free. Give us a five star rating, a nice review. Tell all your friends, you know the whole song and dance. Yeah, and that's, I mean, uh, shit, it's the cranky fan's birthday. God damn it! Yeah, man, I'm an old crank at this point. Getting getting tired of getting old. So, if you would like to buy me a birthday drink, James <laughs> Saroon this Sunday. There you go. We will. We'll be there nice and early and vibing on our favorite Jameson and Coates. Yeah, the, so, the, the cranky fan will be there at one o'clock preparing his dinner. <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you at uh, just before the weekend starts. Go Giants. Giants.